Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Women Positive. This podcast celebrates the achievements of women as they overcome barriers. I want to share their stories, their ideas, and their strategies to inspire other women as well. Women who haven't found the answer to their challenges as yet. It isn't always easy, but we can all learn from the solutions that other women have developed as we reach for a better future. We're going to hear from women whose compelling experiences and efforts to break the mold are a beacon for other women around us. So welcome. Hi, and welcome to Women Positive Podcast. It's Patricia Dent, and this week I'm going to talk to you about overcoming the emotional and the other impacts of change. So change has an impact on our lives. It's not as though we could avoid it. I'm a business coach who's been training and coaching entrepreneurs for over 11 years. And not only that, but I've had quite a few changes in my life. And I want to share with you some of the techniques that I've used to overcome them. First, let me tell you about a recent experience I had in acquainting myself with a methodology for change that was developed by authors Karen Kessler and Karen Collicutt. They are two of my instructors, and they wrote the book, Stop Flocking Around. That was a methodology of change that they developed through focus groups and research over several years prior to writing it. And they've also developed a book change club so that you can go through several weeks of additional reinforcement to developing skill sets towards managing change. It was a great experience, I have to tell you. So why would I be focused on change? Well, one of the things we did in this group, this book change club, was to identify all of the changes in our lives, past and present. What I discovered was I had closed 65 changes in my life. And that was both the good things like having a child or having two children, actually, and getting married the second time, the first time not so much. Also, it was a a compendium of sudden swerves in my path. For example, I was a single mom after my first marriage broke up in divorce, and I had to work two jobs just to make sure my family was fed. Making sure that my daytime job supporting the president of a large company was also leaving me enough energy to work a second job in a neighborhood bar because the tips are what kept us fed. I survived an abusive relationship that I didn't see coming, even though people tried to warn me. It almost cost me everything. I've had two bouts of breast cancer at the same time, two different kinds, just five months after I bought my business in 2013. I have to tell you, I'm fine, and I've been planning to be fine ever since. So there are a number of life-changing changes that I've gone through, including some that you might have gone through in the pandemic over the last two years. And that is, I couldn't do my in-person training business and had to develop an online course, which is actually a very positive change. It gives me more tools, especially when the world is opening up again. But at the time it was, oh, oh, what do we do now? So often when change happens, we have to regroup. We have to figure out what our next course of action is. If we haven't seen it coming, like the pandemic, it can be a little unnerving, to say the least. 
So those were some of my experiences. Now, there are other things. My mother developed dementia for those of you who've had to deal with a change of status in a parent or in a child who's been ill. That's a really risky thing for your resilience. It doesn't take much to throw you off for something like that. Now, the danger of prolonged change is that you may develop an adversity mentality. We certainly feel the hardship of change when it happens. One of the things we have to guide ourselves against is developing this very negative, future-focused, disaster mentality. So let's get into the steps we can take to manage change, increase our resilience, and avoid or reverse the adversity mentality. This is based on my own studies, my own training, and also my own experience. People usually take one of three different approaches to change. First, they want to ignore it, and we all understand that. It's not helpful, though, but for the moment, maybe ignoring it is a little easier on your mental stress. The second thing we can do is to take action. It's sort of an external thing. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to do this because you try to change your situation. Many of us, and certainly those of you who know my stories of corporate, understand layoffs and the disruption that that can cause and the anger or frustration that it can cause. However, what do you do in that case? Well, a good simple action is applying for relief. A not so good action is going out and taking the next job that comes along just so that you feel better about your future. Now, the third aspect of reaction to change is a mindset change, and that's an internal change. To successfully manage the impact of change, it's my belief that mindset and action need to work together. After all, you can change your mindset in the face of change. You can be initially upset and then start thinking about ways that you can mitigate that impact. But unless you take action, you have not affected your reality. And the opposite is true. You can decide to take action in the face of change, but if your mindset isn't aligned, that action could be sabotaged. It may not be successful or it may not last. So mindset, in my view, is the game changer. Making a physical change doesn't work unless your mindset adapts. And I believe that the strength of mindset can overcome just about anything when it's combined with action. I'm eight years post-breast cancer, doing well. I had gone through almost a year of treatment, but I was determined I wasn't going to die. And there are several elements to how I set up my mindset that are kind of important. The three principles of mindset that I think were important in every single one of my experiences with devastating change, unnerving change, or just plain old change, were patience, perseverance, and positivity. So let's talk about patience first. I'm not talking about the kind of patience that we have to employ as parents. I'm talking about the kind of patience that you have with yourself. Often high achievers are raised in a, a perfectionist kind of environment where they feel that they have to get it right. If you listen to our second podcast with Stephanie Butler, she talked about the fear of failure. The way she had seen the world as a youngster made it very difficult for her to be patient with herself. So this is a nurturing role that we need to apply to ourselves. And often women are trained to be nurturers. I don't know if that's going to change in the future, but that nurturing role is often other-directed, not to ourselves. 
And I was right up there with everybody. I can do it. I'm tough. Uh, yeah, I, it would be great if I could have a rest or I could take some time to meditate or whatever, but I'm strong. I can do this. And it is a hard thing to do for most of us, but giving yourself the grace made a difference for me. The way I was able to be more patient and cut myself some slack. Maybe it's helpful too to think about how people usually react to change and some of the barriers that get in our way. So, you know, there are some people who see a change who says, okay, this is changing. Let's do it. Let's act. But there are some natural kind of barriers to accepting change inside our minds that we have to acknowledge. That resistance happens naturally. And we're often, you know, the subject of this hesitation, this natural inclination that kicks in when we're doing something new that we don't quite know how to do or that we might find scary, even if there's choices to make. And to remember that until we've done it, we may be hesitant to act. How many of you have known you've got to make a change? And yet you dither. I just did a, a video about dithering and being a little hesitant and making sure that I, I had the right move. So hesitancy to act is, is kind of a normal thing. Some people don't have it. Aren't they lucky? Most of us do. Now, when we're doing something new, there is a mechanism in our brain, the amygdala, and it's just trying to keep you safe. It's the seat of emotion, the center of fear. My amygdala has had some really good workouts early on when I was trying to deal with change. It encourages to go back to what we know. But when we're doing something new, suddenly it's not very helpful to get back to the things we know because it may not even be appropriate. And the pandemic has been a good example of that. So the second factor is perseverance. Let's face it, as an entrepreneur, you're probably used to this, or at least I hope so. Failure is learning. And when we keep trying to get something accomplished, we'll try something, maybe it doesn't work, but then we try it again. And that involves perseverance. When you're trying to cope with a change and you don't have an idea of what really is going to work like we experienced in the pandemic, you can either give up or you can keep trying. And I'm an advocate of keeping on trying because we learn as we go and each attempt is going to be better. We may not know when the road is going to end. However, by keeping on, you're more likely to get to the finish line. I talk to entrepreneurs about trial and tweak. Man, that's a hard thing to do from the inside, but it's the truth. When you try something, if it doesn't work, remember Carol S. Dweck. Mindset is her book. It's really useful to develop a growth mindset where you understand it may not work, but that's how you learn. The third thing is, you know about limiting beliefs. Many of us talk about that from a coaching perspective. They're often installed when we were young. Before we have that ability to look at an idea from all angles and to say, ah, oh, I don't know if that applies to me. I don't know if that's true. I'm thinking of some of the things our parents unwittingly say. Of course, they want to keep us safe too. Or early teachers. They really sap our confidence before we have any way of dealing with them. And these limiting beliefs often apply when you're older, it's like public speaking or places where we really can lack confidence. 
I've heard many times, I'd rather die than, than get up in front of an audience. And what do you imagine is going to happen if you're in front of an audience and you can't speak? It happens to lots of us. I remember broadcasting an investor series when I was at the Toronto Stock Exchange. Our guest at that time was the chairman emeritus of the TD Bank. Don't you think he would have had lots of experience? Well, apparently not with a television camera that was poised to look at his face. He gave us dead air and it was being broadcast live for a full minute. And I'm standing there praying that he actually opens his mouth and says something for the broadcast. Now, when you have that resistance, what do you need to help you overcome it? You need patience to manage your feelings about it. You need to talk to yourself about what's really happening behind the scenes. Is this a limiting belief you've always believed? Is it the amygdala saying, I don't know about this new change? So when I'm coaching people whose feet have been knocked out from under them, and when it was knocked out from me, I tell them it's okay to let out their inner three-year-old, is how I refer to that very small child that sits inside sometimes. However, railing and being angry isn't a permanent solution. So how can we approach this change that's negative or this change that doesn't feel comfortable? But when we're doing something new, Suddenly, it's not very helpful to get back to the things we know without losing ourselves completely in the emotion, driving our life path off course completely by taking responsibility. After all, if you've got responsibility for your customers, your family, or whoever, you can't quite say, well, I'm going off to a beach to nurse my wounds somewhere else. I'm going to ignore you all because it's just too much. We often have responsibilities we have to fulfill, so taking responsibility for those responsibilities is a good thing to do. The other part of developing a resilient mindset and being patient with yourself is to understand some perspective and to believe that we don't have to be hammered down by what happens to us in the physical world. Was it my fault that I developed cancer? No, but it was my responsibility to figure out my path forward. And I believe that part of taking responsibility is to make up your mind about the outcome, to put your belief system into effect. Looking around for somebody to blame wasn't useful. And in the end, moving forward is up to us. That's what I learned. It's important to know that it's in your power. You take responsibility and kick a belief system into gear. You've got to persevere because you're not going to get it right all at once. Will you feel sorry for yourself? I know I did. I felt sorry for myself. Why was I dealing with this alcoholic who I didn't realize was lying to me about working, lying to me about a business, was spending money drinking? I didn't know that. That sounds really naive. I know. I felt unreasonably that I was going to help this individual. In the end, if I hadn't been able to break off that relationship, you've got to persevere because you're not going to get it right all at once. Will you feel sorry for yourself? I know I did. I felt sorry for myself. Why was I dealing with this alcoholic who I didn't realize was lying to me about working, lying to me about a business, was spending money drinking? I didn't know that. That sounds really naive. I know. I felt unreasonably that I was going to help this individual. In the end, if I hadn't been able to break off that relationship, I would have lost everything. Finally, what's maybe the most 
important ingredient. How about mindset and positivity? We know that if you set up your expectations for a negative future or a positive one, it will happen. It's important to know that. Think about the time that you are going through a change. For example, you you might be having a baby. All of a sudden, you notice women all around you who are having babies. It's because your mind is focused on something. So please believe me when I say we need to work at our focus. And how are we going to focus on the future? Despite the change that put us back, things are unlikely to go back to the way they were. Exactly. So a belief system is a choice. There are concrete benefits to having a positive mindset. There's even scientific evidence that support that. I found this out later, of course. But it supports your immune system, it reduces stress, and it increases happiness, that feeling of satisfaction inside. Now, you may not be completely happy when you're doing something that's not working yet. But imagine how it's going to feel when you nail it. When you get that, that technique down, when you, your business turns the corner, when you find new customers, when your family is actually collaborating. Just as an aside, I did this, and boy, I paid for it in my credibility with my kids. But while I was living with that alcoholic, I started smoking again after 13 years. Now, why would I do that? Well, that's sometimes the way we handle it. If we're not taking a positive view, if we're not um, reinforcing our belief system, we can do things that are just really negative. Isn't that when you eat a lot of chocolate? Isn't that when you pick up a cigarette even though you've, you've quit smoking years and years and years before? Or how about going back to a relationship that you know isn't good for you? So I can tell you that a positive mindset, perseverance, and patience really saved me from drowning in either disbelief or fear. And fear is one of the most insidious things that we really can suffer from. Do you have to learn new techniques to talk to yourself? Yes, you do. I was told I had to meditate. At first, I was whiny and didn't understand what it was going to do for me until I started being consistent about it. So let's look at change as an opportunity to do something different, to learn something. And if you're suffering through a change, reach out, because I get that. I get how lonely going through change is, particularly as an entrepreneur. So in the end, you can take action when your mindset is stronger to achieve the change that you want. I hope this has been helpful. That's it for this week. And we'll see you next week on Women Positive. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will join us each week as we walk through women's journeys in overcoming challenges. This podcast is brought to you by Ask for Directions Training, helping new entrepreneurs grow and create the business of their dream. If you found this to be valuable, please share it with others. Also, I would love it if you would leave a comment or a review. If you have a story to tell about overcoming a challenge, reach out to me at patricia at askfordirectionstraining.com. Until next time, Stay positive.